Hello everyone and welcome back to the Up The Guts podcast. Joining you as always your host Tricky Trent and unfortunately JP was sick today but got some news for you guys. I actually went out and um, brought a roadcaster pro as you can probably see on my Instagram story uh, on the up, up the underscore guts. Go give that a follow and you'll see it and we've got a whole new setup but unfortunately JP was um, sick and unfortunate to make it but handily enough with the roadcaster pro you can actually you can actually call them on here and get him into it. So let's get the big fella on, won't we? JP, how are we, mate? Not bad, mate, yourself? Yeah, not too bad. So obviously um, with the new Broadcaster Pro, we can um, get into phone calls and the sound quality would be better. And um, yeah, so it'll be, it's good to have you back on, mate. Even though you're sick, we can work around it. Yeah. Yeah, she's I've been a bit, been a bit up and down lately. Yeah, been a bit up and down. Obviously, um, I had it the other week. But I guess it's your turn now, mate. Uh, I don't think I ha- I have it, but um, uh, I think I'm, I'm I just got sent home from work and feeling a bit unwell. But yeah, I went back to work today and still feeling a bit there. But yeah. Well, alright, tricky. Let's get into it. Enough of the sad stuff. Let's get on to um some big news before that. Um, big fella. Obviously, it was your 21st on the weekend, and um, you got engaged. Yes, that I did. <laughs> yeah. How did you feel, mate, to, find, um, to get down on that knee? How was, what, was, what was going through your head? Uh, she was nerve-wracking. I'll give you that. Yep. <laughs> um, but um, uh, there was emotions going through, happiness, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um. We were never acting when she couldn't find the last message and she almost turned around and went, Oh, mate. And I had the ring sitting there. Yeah, the, <laughs> but, her mum get, get going, nope, look at me. And I was like, nah, she's going to look at JP and it's going to be all... Yeah. Like, the whole thing's going to be ruined. She never found it, did she? Did, did you even end up finding the last message or not? Uh, no, we didn't find it, but um, we watched over and over in the, in the video and we found out where it landed. Um, it was literally right next to where they were looking. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a bit unfortunate. It would have been a good way to end it. Uh, yeah. Oh, mate, uh, it was a good night no matter what. Um, obviously, I I got a bit blind, as we say. How did we pull up, mate? Uh, I was very, very rusty. Very rough. Oh uh, yeah, I, I was very dusty. Laying in bed all day, basically. <laughs> oh mate. Did not move, mate. Oh, that's no good. No good. But all worth it, I guess. Oh yeah, definitely. Literally had a her her mum and dad bring my car up back from their place. <laughs> That's how bad I was. Oh no, oh no. Anyway, so obviously, um, onto the sport now. We had um, uh, the big, obviously the big bash final. Um, yeah. I remember during it, I tipped Hobart. Uh, you tipped Hobart Hurricane. Sorry to win it early, probably about six weeks, maybe a month ago, and I backed um, Perth Scorchers in and. What do you know? I finally got a tip right. Yeah, about time you got something. <laughs> well, and what an um, innings from um, Laurie Evans it was. Oh, mate. Yep, got you now, mate. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, did you say he's back to six? Oh, which one, mate? He had, a, he had. I think he had two. You're talking about the, the dry, the one? one the, the one over cover. 
Oh, that was a magnificent shot. Mate, it had the commentators gobsmacked. To literally stand there and go in and out over cover, and it was, it was pretty big as well. Um, yeah. You don't see that much. Like, you don't see much of that happening around lately. But, uh, yeah, it was just all class from him. Like, obviously, man of the match performance for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, like... <laughs> They they say it almost it almost apparently didn't happen for him. I can't remember the reason why being why he almost didn't get picked. I read something. Yep. Um but, you know, glad that he did and look what he, he showed and he performed and he all the game fight for him. Yeah, he really did. And um I know when I was um when I backed Perth Scorchers, one of the um main reasons was um the form of Mitch Marsh, but even um well, he did his bit, but they they were they were struggling early. I think they were four for twenty four. They were at one point, and it was just Correct. Laurie Evans and Ashton Turner. I think they put on ninety six. I recall. Ashton oh, Turner, mate, they, Ashton Turner also making a fifty. Well, see, there, there's another key key part in the game. Like you have Laurie Evans going big, but then you also have Ashton Turner down the other end, like really consolidating. Plus, also going big with him. Um, there was obviously a lot. Like, I, I think that was, yeah, there would have been a decent amount of Andrews one for both of them. But um, it was also the turnover of the strike and the twos and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. obviously really brings it brings into the game. Like, real smart batting, I, I should say. Sorry. Yep. And um, question I'll ask you with the Big Bash. Um, how do you see the Big Bash um, now it's going in? That would... Is that BBL? What number are we up to now? Do you know? BBL eleven. That yep. was. Yep. So, uh, so eleven years into it, what do you think the competition as a whole so far? Oh, well, now as eleven years have gone on. Oh man, it's awesome! But I feel like we should try and bring in more overseas stuff, uh, like overseas people. Mm-hmm. Obviously, COVID—they probably COVID didn't help that. I, no, I know that, but like you still got the IPL going on in Australia. Players going there. Yeah. So. Um, obviously, our, our restrictions are a bit tighter, obviously. Um, but I think they should try and bring like, try and bring in some more overseas stars, like just just to liven the comp up a bit. Like, you know, you've, you've got the same players every year, basically, in and out, performing, obviously. It'd be just nice to see something new, someone new. You know, I know what you mean. I, I really liked... Um that had they brought in a lot of England players, like you probably wouldn't have seen the likes of was it Joe Clark, the Laurie Evans, even Reese Hopley, even um, what's his name, guy you played, the Langmore guy. Oh, Cockbang. Oh, how good was he during the end of the year? Oh, mate. Well, like he, I wouldn't say he tore us apart for like against us, but like when I came off and saw it, they made like seventy odd. It wasn't even dealt with boundaries. All he did was just literally hit singles and two. When you played him, no, this is when I played him. Yep. It was basically singles and twos, and then obviously at the end, like he went big, and you know we weren't really smart about it. The way we uh, we should have bowled at the other end for the last five, obviously. But um, you, know, you get that in. <laughs> you, people make mistakes. 
he was just very smart, and he's just a smart batter. Like again, like he he made his. I think he made a two fifties for Adelaide Strikers. Yeah, and I think it was two men of the matches. Pretty sure. Yeah, one of them he made a seventy on. I know that. Yep. And like for him to come in and do that, you know, he was literally playing local cricket to go in straight against Adelaide Strikers. Like he's no, he's no like this local cricket player. Like he's played the county cricket over there, like up in the ones and shit. So he's a good player no matter what. But like for him to go from Sinto straight into turf and you know against quality bowlers, good on him. Yeah, and um, staying on the um, cricket side of things, did you see that women's Ashes game? No, but I was. I kept uh, checking the updates. I kept looking at it and, you know, we'll get the closer and closer. Mm. And then all of a sudden they're nine down. They need 12 runs to win. And I'm thinking, bro. Yeah, you- so, so I got it here. So um, England required 257 runs in the fourth innings. And yep. they were two for 166 after 33 overs. And at one stage they only required 45 runs of 60 balls with seven wickets remaining. That's what I was, yeah, that's what I was looking at. But and they got down to the... six for 33. The next 30, um, six wickets went for 33 and then yep. ended up being um, a draw. It's so what a match, really. Now, as a 10 and 11, I can't remember how many overs they had, but they had, they had a couple to get 12 runs. Yep. Are you going for it? Um, so put me in the situation. How many how many overs are you saying? I'm pretty sure there was about three overs left. With you're 12 not going runs. for it. You're not. You're not with twelve you're, runs. You're not. You're not doing anything stupid. I wouldn't say do anything no, stupid. No, I'm not saying you sit there and block, but I'm saying you can still pick off your ones and twos. It's less than a run of all. Yeah. Exactly. Like yeah, really, anyone should be able to. Oh, not anyone, but like. I think sometimes um, anyone really, when they go out to bat, they can overthink it, overthink the situation. Yeah. And then it just it's, – cricket's a very mental. It's, what, 10% skill, 9% mental, as they say. Um, so Definitely. I just think, yeah, just think people overthink it sometimes when they go out and bat, and it's not as hard as they're thinking. They can just simple it down and get the um, get the runs they need, but – Obviously, well done to us Aussies because we don't really want um, England knocking us off. Yeah, no. Um, keeping on cricket terms and obviously the Astros, uh, not the Astros, but that's that first Scorchers team. Mm-hmm. Did you hear Ashton Agar and Peter Hatsagolu? Yep, Hatsi, yep. What, yeah. What about him? Took 30 wickets between them. During, during the tournament. I know Agar um, took wickets a fair few late in the tournament. But yeah, they took 30 wickets between them, both spinners. Jesus. So, I don't know how many each, but like to have two spinners, like Ashton Agar, like a quality spinner. Peter, obviously getting his name out there from when he played for the Renegades, but like to have them two in your side and, you know, take 30 wickets between, between them, it's fair, right? Yeah, it really is. Um, anyway. um, obviously, then also staying, there's a lot of cricket talk, really. There's some, but I don't know if you saw this one too. Uh, did you see Jason Holder? 
Double hat trick. Yep. Double hat trick. Yep. To win um, the game. Yep. Took five for twenty-seven. The double hat trick. He's the first West Indies to take a T Twenty hat trick, and obviously the first West Indies to take four wickets in four balls. Really? Yeah. So that's the first um, in an international. That's the first West Indies international player to ever take a hat trick in T Twenty. And not just really? that, he took a double on top of it. Well, mate, there's always a first for everything, as I say. Yeah, there really is. Um, so I'll get the scorecard up for that, that mm-hmm. game. Because I want to look at it. Yep. So, well, he's got over the line. I think they put up one or 174, I think they made. Uh, yeah, there's 179. Yeah, yep. So, obviously, West Indies make four for 179. Uh, Kyron Pollard, 41 not out. Powell, 35 not. And Puran, 21 out. Kyle Mays, 31. And Brandon King, 34. Bowlers for, oh, Jesus, Reese Copley talking about him. Very expensive. What do you go for? Number 43. Off his four? Off his four. I was going to say, imagine if you said off three. Mate, Sakib Mahmood. He's number a, 27 he, off two. Oh, jeez. And he's the, he was the quick one that came in for a couple of games in the Big Bash, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was pretty sure he was. Chris Jordan, number 52 of four. <sighs> Jesus. And then you have Adil Rashid and Liam Livingston take two for 17 each. Liam Livingston's a part-time offie, correct? I mean, Leggy. Leggy, yep. I know he's part-time, obviously. He's, um, well, one well, of the two, but like, yeah, he's a part-timer. Um, then into the batting, obviously, England, you know, they were looking all right. Um, you know, so at one stage, they were 4 for 95 off 11 points of overs. Um, not bad. He... Top scorers were James Vince with 55. Sam Billings, 41. That was really it. Like, you know, you had Tom Banton for 16 and Marlon Ali for 14, but the rest of them didn't get into double figures. Mm. Um, Akil Hussain, 4 for 30. Jason Holder, obviously, 5 for 27. Mm. And that... Oh, and Odin Smith, 1 for 41. So, and so, that was the last game of the series, I'm pretty sure. Correct. So, they won it 3 through. West Indies did? Yep. So, that's two series, well, give or take, the, obviously the Ashes, and now back to, technically back-to-back, yeah, back-to-back series that England have dropped. And yep. England pretty much was their main focus, was around the T20, um, uh, T20 World Cup. Obviously, they built their team around that. Didn't win the World Cup, and they can't win a um, series. Well, mate, that's just uh, just what's been happening with England lately. Obviously, um, yeah, you know, you've got um, the Ashes squad, which wasn't really that strong. I could say. Agreed. Um, you know, the the T Twenty squad is. Very strong. It's just 
Yeah, it's a hard one, isn't it? Like it's a hard one to say. Like that's not a very good squad. Like on paper, it's oh man, it should be freaking dominated. From if you were in like living in England and you're a follower of cricket, how frustrated would you be with the England cricket team? Oh, big time, mate. The only one like you've got you've got Tom Danton there. Like he's young. He's he's twenty three. Mm-hmm. So he's only a couple two years older than us. Like he's probably the youngest one in that team, I think. Um, yeah, so like, I don't think Jason Roy has a very good season. No, yeah. Um, but like, also James Vince coming off from his BBL form, you know, very classy player. Do you think he should have been in the Test squad? He has played Test. He played the last home Ashes series against us. I'm pretty sure I remember him playing against us. Yes, he did because yeah. he got out. He got out the, the ball of the century from Stark. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, like, I'm surprised he maybe wasn't talked about. Like, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say I know his Test record off by heart, but yeah, it's well, here we go. Here go on then. Thirteen Tests. Mm-hmm. Twenty-two innings, obviously. 548 runs with a high score of 83 and an average of 24.91. See, it's not... Not setting the house on fire. Not setting the house on fire at all, but like, who was in that team? No one was in that series. No one really was, was Johnny Basso. And you can argue um, Joe Root for a couple of innings. Oh, well, Joe Root. Joe Root, Joe Root. Yeah. He didn't score 100, so you can't really say anything about him, but like he did keep the team alive when he was batting, at least. Yeah, no, he did. Now, moving on from that, um, obviously, I talked about you this to, uh, I talked about this to you um, Saturday night as well. Obviously, they had the Allen Border medal night. Yeah. And now, this came a, did this come a shock to you? The Allen Border medalist was Mitchell Stark with 43 wickets and 19 of those coming in the ashes. Is this a surprise to you? Um, it was a big surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I don't want to sound like pretty like you know stupid here, but what? How long is it? Over a year for the Allen Border Medal? It goes, yeah, it goes across a year. Yep, years were. See, I would have thought Marnus might have been there. Mm-hmm. You know, becoming the number one old te- number one test batsman in the world. Um. Yep. Then you've also you've also got the likes of well, obviously Stark, so but I, it wasn't too much. Of, it wasn't too big of a surprise. Yeah, because like I wouldn't say someone really dominated and was like they should win it. Yeah, but like the way year, was it twenty nineteen when Pat Cummins won it? He dominated and deserved. Oh it. yeah, there was no one like that. If that makes sense. Yeah, but the way Starkey played, like he's obviously he's taken over Ben Stokes, Stokes as an all-rounder, mm-hmm. um, making as many runs as he is. Um, you know, he's bowling, he actually bowled smarter this year. Still it wasn't erratic. too, it, it, a little bit erratic, it wasn't too erratic. Mm. He at least had his lines. Yep. Um, you know, whereas... 
I think the last couple of series that he's had, it's just, you know, bowl fast and everyone's scared of you. Yeah. Um, Whereas I think this series, it's, oh, don't bowl fast, try and actually get your lines, get the ball moving and, you know, you'll take wickets and look what happened. He took almost, he took 19 wickets in the series. Yeah. And then obviously so, um, Belinda Clark Award also goes to the best female player. That went to Ashley Gardner, who across 10 innings um, struck 281 runs at an average of 35.1, which included four half centuries and also took nine wickets. So seems like oh, um, well-deserved. She's gone. Yeah. Um, not much you can really say about her. Like she's just just a absolute gun. Like, you know, um, quite funny. You don't really hear much of Elise Perry anymore, but you know you're starting to hear of all these other names, which is you know, really good for women's cricket. Yep. Um, it's not just focused on the one person. It's actually like, um. Really, like I'd say, shared around, but it's just everyone's actually starting to perform. You know, it's not just relied on, you know, the Meg running, Leach Perry. It's actually everyone involved now. Yeah, and um, obviously, um, I'll just won't dwell on it too much, but I'll just wheel off quickly the other ones. Um, male Test Player of the Year was Travis Head, who listen to this one though. He only beat Scott Boland by two votes, despite Boland only playing three matches. Yeah, well, hey, I would have just given it to Bowen. <laughs> and then um, female ODI player of the year, Alyssa Healy. It's her third year in a row. Female T20 player of the year, Beth Mooney. Male T20 player of the year, Mitch Marsh. Female domestic player of the Obviously. year, Elise Villani. Male domestic player of the year, again, Travis Head. Betty Wilson, young cricketer of the year, Darcy Brown. And Bradman, young cricketer of the year, Tim Ward. And then there was two Hall of Fame inductees, um, current coach Justin Langer. And Rayleigh Thompson. So, congratulations to all the um, award winners. And um, yeah, so obviously um, Justin Langer will just wheel off some of his stats um, for people who obviously are aware. So, from 1993 to 2007, he played 105 Test matches, 182 innings, at 7, made 7,696 runs at 45.27, with a high score of 250. He also made, um, which included 2300s and 3050s. And then Rayleigh Thompson, who um, didn't play much because it was through the 1972-1985 era. She played 16 test matches, 22 innings, 162 runs at 11.57, a high score of 25, with 57 wickets at 18.24. Then ODI, she played 23 matches, 207 runs at 25.87, high score of 50 not out and 24 wickets at 18.66. So there's your new two Hall of Fame inductees. And staying on that one, Justin Langer, what's his future looking like? Um, it's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely should keep him, obviously. Well, he's, he's just won a T20 World Cup. He's won two Ashes. I mean... He's been, there was a heated, um, I heard there was a heated discussion in the meeting. So I'm pretty sure they had the meeting last Friday. And obviously, Langer, they're going to look to, if they give him, they'll want to only give him a 12-month contract. Langer's looking for a multi-year contract. They've pretty much told Langer, you need to reapply for the job that you already have. Yeah. And that, apparently, he 
Um, we'll say lost it a little bit, got a bit angry with that, was frustrated. It's not right. Let out his emotions. Um, yeah, it's it's not right. No. Um, the way that they've gone about it with him. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, um, it's it's just yeah. You know, as, as we you just said, like he's he's won us a World Cup, two Ashes series. Like he's, the he's brought the himself there. What more can you ask of him? He's brought the Australian cricket team like back from where it was. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, Yeah, it's, it's, it's a real it's tough. It's a funny one. one. Yeah, it's a funny one. But I'd, I'd definitely... hate to be the person making the decision. That's all I can say. Oh, mate, I'd probably have to walk out of the room. Yeah. So, um, condolences to the people that made that decision because that's a bloody hard one. Now, moving on from cricket, obviously, um, the big um, it's finished now. But the, um, we had the Australian Open, and um, well, mate, the special case, Nick Kyrgios and Kokonakis, my boy, first Grand Slam doubles. Seven five six four. What do you think of um, how good is this? First of all, and um, what did you think of the way they played? And like, because they got a lot of criticism for the way they played and the way the antics they did and the way they acted on the court, um, got the crowd. What, what do you personally think of it? They brought they brought tennis to life. Mm-hmm. That's how I that's how I feel about it. Like, it actually made me want to watch them. You're not a big tennis watcher, are you? No. But when I heard about um, how curious and that go on, you know, how much fun they have, and you know, they, as I said before, they didn't really care if they won or lost it. I believe it was so, at the start, but then they got towards the end of it, and they were like, "No, nah, yeah, we're going to win it." Yeah, obviously, but yeah, like, you know, yeah, they were going to win. Yeah, I, so think, like, they, I think it's when they. Because obviously they beat a lot of good opponents during that time. I think once they beat the number one seed, they're like, "All right, we're in this for we're in this for the long haul now. We are not going to not win it. We're going to the end." That number yeah, but one, no, yeah. but like they just had fun. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. One of them would stuff up the shot and they would laugh at each other. <laughs> well, you don't see that on a tennis court, but yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's very good the way they brought brought it in. Like you know, yeah, at, at tennis matches, it's just boring. What you have to sit there, be quiet. They were actually getting the crowd up and about. Um, yeah. So yeah. I obviously, we obviously, we didn't get. Obviously, I didn't get to watch it on Saturday because we'll get blind. Blind. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we got to watch the last last. I ever watched the last um, the match point of it, and what happened, mate? The celebration they were it was unbelievable. For them. Mm-hmm. When I was yeah. um, talking with a mate about this, um, sorry to take he's a bit off topic, but like he compared it to so obviously the way they acted, he loved it, but he, he's saying it brings in a different, it brings in different people, a different crowd to watch it. He compared it to like the YouTube boxing scenario, the Jake Pauls and the KSIs. The, the way they've gone in, brought all their YouTube fans, and now they've opened up the boxing world. Yeah. They've, he compared it to that, if that makes um, sense. He just brings in a whole new crowd, a whole different type of energy. I thought, well, it, was, at, I thought it was a good look comparison. What, um, look what Kokonaka said. 
Uh, the everyone, from Luchos, everyone from Luchos rock up to the game. Uh, yeah, what do you say? Um, get, get pissed, come, um, come here. Get pissed and come here, I think he said. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good way. Yeah, but I just thought that oh, was an, I I thought it was an interesting story. comparison. I, I really liked it, actually. It's a bit different, but... Oh, I loved it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, obviously, um, wasn't the only Aussies to get up. Um, Ash Barty won in straight sets as well. 6-3, 7-6. How good was this? This was on when we were there, because I remember, um, if you remember, some of us boys snuck to the sports bar to have a little bit of a punt, and the tennis was on, and Ash Barty was up, and we're like, come on, Ash. How good is Ash Barty? Well, mate, 44-year drought broken. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the, the last, here's something on this topic, actually, about it. Mm-hmm. This is how long it's been since an Australian girl has won the Australian Open. The pay difference. Mm-hmm. 44 years ago, mm-hmm. if you won the Australian Open as a girl, you got $38,000. It's going to be in the millions now, I guarantee it. Or Ash Barty just pulled in $2.8 million yeah, for winning nothing. That's the, oh, mate. Tennis is where it's t- tennis and money, but even not even just that, that difference is crazy. <laughs> It was 44 years ago, 38,000 to 2.8 mil. That's crazy. That's just how long it's been since Australian yeah, I, I didn't. I'm not going to lie. I, didn't, I knew that tennis people made a lot of money, but I didn't hear that one, the difference of the 44 years. It's yeah. Good one. Oh, Jesus. That's massive. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, go on. Yeah. Well, well, I don't know. Like, straight sets. Like, we always knew she was going to win it. Mm-hmm. She's the best tennis player going around right now. Oh, she's world number one, so. Says it for uh, itself. She'll probably she'll probably finish world number one. Yep. And um, um, do you obviously? So, thing about Ash Barty, she's a freak athlete. Before that, she was playing cricket. And she was playing because she played in the Big Bash. Yep. And she played tennis. She can play um, footy. Rumors has it next next place she's playing AFLW. Wouldn't imagine, surprise me. Imagine. Well, it wouldn't surprise me, but just imagine that, um, you know, you've got your grandkids around, just be like, oh, what you do for a living? Oh, I started off playing cricket, playing the Big Bash, moved over to the Australian Open, world number one, went over to Richmond, playing the AFLW, won a flag there. Oh, yeah, it's been a right life. Mate, it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I know. She's just a freak. Um, I'd love to fucking be like her. <laughs> <laughs> Cricket, footy, and tennis, all for, like, Australia, mm-hmm. or even, like, a proper AFL club, you know. I love to do that. Yeah. And um, I just love, I love the way um, she just, like, puts herself out there. She hasn't changed at all, and she's just you know, herself. Like, the best the best part I've probably seen of her is that, that you probably know the one I'm talking about, that footage of her at the footy with a beer in her hand cheering on Richmond. Oh, mate. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's iconic. Like you can, she doesn't change for anything. She still lives her life as Ash Barty the person and Ash Barty the tennis player. Oh, definitely. Which is good to see. And obviously, the other game, um, uh, Rafael Nadal won. 
And against uh, uh, I'm pretty sure it's Memphis. It is. He's how you say his name. But it wasn't easy for Nadal. He was down two straight sets at one point. 6-2 he lost the first and 7-6 lost the next one. Then came back uh, to win where are we? Seven, uh, 6-4, 6-4, 7-5 for a total match time of 5 hours and 24 minutes. He's 36 years cool. old. He's just come off from having COVID. I'm pretty sure he had an injury about six weeks ago as well. Now he's won the Australian Open. How about that? And he's just won his 21th grand, uh, grand slam. Mm-hmm. So I had a debate with um, a couple of my mates. You probably, oh, you can. Do you, is he, can you consider him the GOAT now? Definitely. Over Federer and Djokovic? Ooh, that's, Federer. That's, that's, that's the three. Like, um, Obviously, yeah. So that's the three. Djokovic, Federer, Nadal. Nah, no, no one beats Federer. So you're saying Federer is the GOAT over Nadal? Oh, mate. Federer is just the GOAT in anything. You're saying Federer is the greatest athlete of all time? Is that what you just well, said? That, I think that's what you just said, JP. I love him. Oh, JP, did you just say Federer is the greatest athlete of all time? I love him, mate. Mate, that is a huge call. Hey, he's the most nicest, calmest bloke going around. So you're saying... Um, and at least, at least he would have got went into Australia. That's true. But you're saying Roger Federer is a better athlete than Michael Jordan. I wouldn't go that far. That's what you said, mate. You said he's the best, you said he's the best athlete. No, no, I didn't say the best athlete. No, you did, mate. I say he's the best bloke going around. You say he was the best athlete at the start, mate. No, nah, not best athlete. <laughs> so you're going back in your word now. He's better, he's better than Nadal and Djokovic. So he's the go of tennis is what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely. Obviously now, yeah, um, on definitely. To some, we'll go on to some AFL talk now. Oh, no, before you oh, go sorry, on that. Sorry, go, go on, mate. I thought you didn't like tennis, so I was um, going to... No, I've got, I've got um, to ask. Who do you think? I think Nadal. I think the Glenn Slams don't lie. Still doing it. Like, man, oh, he's just a freak. Like, well, how many Federer won? Uh, ooh. 20? We'll search it up right now. Well, obviously, um, Nadal just broke Roger Federer. Glenn Slam wins. 20. Okay. Um, so Federer's one twenty, Djokovic is one twenty, Nadal's one twenty one. That's why they'd yeah. be the big three. Federer's better one, Matt. Nadal's only won one more, like I get it, but yeah. I'll go Federer. I can tell you that. And then there's Serena Williams, twenty three. <laughs> Whole different beast. She is. Uh, on to some footy. On to some footy. Obviously, um, Sydney Swans um, signed Paddy McCartan on a rookie uh, rookie list on their to their rookie list alongside obviously younger brother Tom McCartan. Um, thoughts on this, mate? Uh, good to see him back in NFL uh, level. Yep, defender or uh, forward? Do you reckon he'll be played as? Oh, forward. Forward. Well, he yeah. he played as a defender in the um, when he was playing. VFL or NIF, whatever he was playing, um, 
last year before oh. he suspended. He was playing as a defender. Yeah. Um, well, so, they might down yeah. defense. And obviously, he'll, he'll have to play with the helmet. Uh, yeah, well, obviously. Uh, can't keep the concussions coming. No. Um, I'm just glad that he's over his concussion symptoms and Think, actually back out there playing footy. Fingers crossed, yep. Um, yeah, it's not every day that you see a bloke actually get past those concussion symptoms and actually get back out in the park like, like he has with how many concussions he's had as well. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, generally, they normally retire and just give up, whereas he's actually said, you know what, I'm going to make it, and he has, which is very well done on him. It's good to see him back, and hopefully we actually see him a couple of games this year. Yeah, it'd be good to see. Staying on the list talk, um, I've heard some inside news that North Melbourne plan to use its final list spot on new assistant coach and former Crow Tom Lynch but expected to wait closer to the pre-season supplemental selection period deadline, which is March 9th, before executing any paperwork. But they've also invited former D Marty Hoare to train with them over the pre-season. Um, yes. So um, that's big news. Like, obviously, I always thought Tom Lynch was stiff to be delisted in the first place. Well, when you're still averaging... When you're averaging 20-odd disposals for your last... Still shows that you got you got it, mm-hmm. um, but um, uh, as you said, rookie list. Yep, but they've also um, got Marty, Marty Hall training with them over the preseason. But, it, it, but I reckon they'll give it. They'll give it. They'll give it to Lynch. They'll give it to Lynch. Um, and yeah, he knows the right team for a couple of games this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, playing um, like but, give um, what's his name? Oh, super lucky, lucky a bit of hand. He's not, he's not that tall. He's that um, pushing up, but you can still give him some, um, give him some help down there. Oh, definitely. Because Zerhar's not your uh, key position probably player, if that makes sense. No. But like, big body and all, but yeah, but if you know what I mean. Yeah, who I really want to see, hopefully get picked up. Go on. I, don't, I haven't really read much of AFL, so I, I might sound silly here too. So if I'll people laugh you, at me, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll just put a laugh. To, if if he gets picked up, I'll put a laugh um, button on here, and you'll hear it in the recording. Nathan Freeman. No, he hasn't been picked up yet, but that would be good. But there um, is articles. He's been training with Gold Coast. Yeah, Gold Coast. There has been articles written. Um, a few people like are writing that Gold Coast should give him another chance. Oh, definitely. I mean, he tore it up at Frankston. Frankston. He was averaging, what, the high 30s a game? 40. Was it 40 for the season average, though? Pretty sure it did. He was in the 40s a lot. I know he was in the 40s. I didn't know if he was averaging, like, consistently 40s. That's all. Uh, I think he was averaging high 30s, yeah, but he was in the 40s a lot of the time. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, um. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought. No, nah, so um, then, obviously... Another one who I really want to see get picked up, he won't, is... And I know he's not training with anyone, and I don't know why Essendon will let him go with uh, Josh Begley. Come again, sir? Joshua Begley. Yep, okay. I'm not going to lie, I don't know much about him, but... I oh, don't you know him? No, I, I do, but I don't know much about him. Um, 
obviously he plays at Essendon. Mm-hmm. He's not training with anyone at the moment, but it was sad to see him go and, you know, he goes back to Frankston, basically tears it up and, yeah, it's, it was a, probably a bad move by Essendon. Yep. But, you know, seeing that where we are right now, um, can't really judge. <laughs> anyway. Um, and there's a couple more I got here. Um, obviously, I don't know if it made the cut last week or if it was just a bit after, but did we talk about Cam Ellis Holman or was that happened just a little bit after? It happened after. Yes, yeah, so obviously, um, Cam Ellis Yolman taking time away from footy because obviously he doesn't. He's made the decision not to have the vaccination, and obviously, so that joins what, Darling hasn't come back. Is um, Jones, and we're still unsure on Jed Anderson from North Melbourne because he had a re- reaction to his first shot, I believe. Yeah, the what? Sorry, he had a reaction, some sort of um, like a reaction. Don't know what, but and he's just oh well, just, if he had a reaction, like you can't really do much about he's it. Like too, he's, he's, got a, he's too scared to ta- um, do it again. I think after the reaction, well, the AFL should give him some compensation right there. Um, He's gone and had his first dose. He's had a reaction. Do you really think the bloke wants to go over his second? No, probably not. But I mean, mean, at the same time, like, can you bend the rules to one player? Like, it's just how far they want to push the boundaries, if you know what I mean. Well, if the bloke's actually tried and gone and had it. Yeah. Whereas these other ones are just like an anti-vaxxer and said no. Mm -hmm. It's a bit different. Yeah, I know what you mean. Well, I'm just saying, uh, do they, are they willing to bend the rules? It'll be all up to what the AFL really say. Like, uh, uh, They won't bend the rules. No, they won't. So you're saying he, he won't be playing this season? Um, Unless he wants to risk getting another reaction and take the shot. So in other words, you're saying it's up to him? Well, clearly right, yeah. Uh, it's up to him. But it's a bit unfair that he has to do it. And if he's had a reaction, then he's at least tried... Unlike the other one. Yeah, and um, just another news I heard. I don't know if you heard. Obviously, me being Collingwood supporter, have you heard the Collingwood news? That's been yeah, going on Scott, Pendle, Scott Pendlebury is captain again. Well, yep, Scott Pendlebury's going on for a year, but have you heard who they're really pushing? For, um, he goes out of contract at the end of the year, and they said he's the, they reckon he's nearly guaranteed the next captain of Collingwood. You heard this? No, no. Darcy, Darcy Moore. Thoughts? Oh, the I one like I, I like, I like it. I like it, especially now because he's playing uh, at centre half back. You can see the field more, and you can see he's really involved as a player playing in that um, defensive role. Yeah, well, you just want to hope that he doesn't have so many injuries, and then you got your captain out every year, basically. Exactly. But like, so hopefully his body stays right and he can become captain, mm-hmm. or you have to give it to someone that won't be injured as much. Yeah, so like I was, and I was listening to SCN this morning, maybe, and they got they have Josh Jenkins on of a morning. Um, yeah, and he was saying, obviously playing against Darcy Moore, he's just only going to go from experience, but playing against him, he's one of the most vocalists out in the field. Yeah. So and gives really clear direction, and I, I don't know about you, but ever since he's gone down back in these last few years, ever since that All Australian year, I thought he's had leadership written all over him. 
Oh, I, I, I said it. I called it for him to be captain anyway. Yeah, I do remember you doing because I remember they were saying Brody Grundy at one point. I didn't know like that, but nah, yeah, I didn't want that. I like the sound. So you can't, you can't do another Max Thorn. Yeah, this is what this is what shits me about. Um, this is what like shits me about like teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, let's say you've got Paddy Cummins as your as your test captain right now, right? We're going back on cricket time, dude. Yeah, go on. It's a podcast, mate. A couple, my, couple of my boys that are from India um, said maybe Bumla should be the next captain. <laughs> now. <laughs> thoughts, mate. I, I don't ever want to know your thoughts on that. Uh, it, it just should, like, you're just going to copy someone else's idea. <laughs> yep. Um. It, it, so if if you're gonna get Brody Bundy the captaincy, like it's it's well past. Like I know he's got seven year contracts, but like he's already got big pressure on him enough. Like he yeah. So it wouldn't be much under- different in age, but Grundy's twenty seven and Moore's twenty six. Exactly, and but he underperformed last year. Mm-hmm. No offense, he doesn't have captaincy written over it. No, he, he's no leader. I wouldn't say he's no leader, but I don't think he's the leader, the number one. Yeah. If you put the big captaincy role on him, he will he'll crumble. Well, you can you can you can nearly already say, um, like debate that um, this contract that's been put on him has already crumbled his form a little bit. Like that's oh, what some critics definitely. would say. Oh, well, so, like, imagine... Look at look at um, Stephen Cornelia. Mm-hmm. That's that's a big one. It's seven year contract next year. He almost have you heard anything about that? Is he is he dropped the captaincy next this season or not? Sh- uh, not sure, but he should get stripped of it. Do you? Toby Green should be you, captain. Yeah, I'm. I'm the same. Like, you can have everyone say no. He's too much of a menace. But doesn't matter. The way he leads out in the field, like, oh, mate. he's the light out there. Yes, he goes off the edge a little bit. That's just the way he plays. Like, I, you know what I mean? Yeah, but everyone that sees him goes off the edge a bit, mm-hmm. follows him and does it themselves. Yeah. Most of the time he goes off the edge either to back up his teammate or to rough up another thing. So it's all not – majority of the time in good purpose. I wouldn't say the Caleb Daniel one was, but, you know. Yeah, man. Well. Uh, well, no. mate, um, that will probably just about wrap it up. Obviously, we've got the new setup, as I mentioned earlier on in the podcast before we called JP on here. And I um, may as well mention it now because we actually did record a podcast yesterday, but um, the memory was wiped from our new one. So we had to, um, from the new Roadcast Pro, so we had to do it again. But um, I did record with Dilnuk, who will actually be joining us full time on the podcast uh, from as of next week for the footy season. Obviously, if you remember, Dill was on um, the podcast on Chickies Chats, being a YouTuber with his connections, and he's a real good talker, very knowledgeable of football, and he's going to be running more like he's going to start doing like tier lists and stuff like that. And just um, anything you really want us to do, just let us know, and I'm sure we can get it done. We're really keen to get tier lists, rank different um, key forwards, key defenders, that type of Well, players. we're also keen to get possibly on YouTube. Well, mate, that... That was supposed to happen this week, but that 
when we lost it, um, that happened. But so that's definitely happening next week. Okay, it's all, I've already got the, we've already got the tripod and all that set up here. Yeah, well, we're definitely on, boys. Yeah, we Thank are you. definitely on. And stay tuned. Uh, stay tuned for the next coming weeks. We will have. We may have some stuff coming up in the footy season that might tickle your fancy. <laughs> and then, but as always, if anyone also, we're always out there looking for um, sponsors. So if anyone wants to um, sponsor us, um, always be happy to get your product out there. And um, any help from him would help. But otherwise, see you guys next week. See you guys.